Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yes, well, once again, good morning and uh, welcome to Church for All Nations. So happy that you're here uh, today, uh, spending part of your weekend with us. And hey, welcome to October. Can you believe that we're really here? And man, doesn't it feel like October? I mean, like, like, like a magical October. The sun's shining, there's dew on the grass, there's pumpkins. I've got my fall shirt on. It feels like a lot of you do too. Uh, it's, it's just really fun. So uh, we live in such a beautiful place uh, that we get to uh, live in and, and serve in too. And so uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I just want to take a minute here and um, maybe we should close our eyes and fold our hands. I just want to take a minute and and pray for the Huskies and the Cougars right now. We are uh, really struggling. I'm just kidding. Uh, thank God for Russell Wilson. Okay, so, so we're okay. We're just going to uh, get, get past all of that. Hey, uh, we're continuing uh, our series today entitled All In. Someone say All In. All in. Talking about what does it look like to not just have the, the, the Jesus t-shirt, but like to really be on his team, Right? Uh, actually catching passes from him. You know what I mean? Like, like living on assignment and, and really truly uh, being his hands and his feet, uh, that which he called us to be. It's, it's not just I'm a Christian or I'm a follower of Jesus. There's so much more to it. This is a radical movement and it's a movement of love and the enemy doesn't want you to be a part of it. So what the enemy's trying to do is to keep you just sitting there in your seat and then rushing out to get to watch the game or something like that. And you know what? That's okay. But man, when you get to a place, when you're following Jesus, where you begin to understand uh, how he really created you and, and, and what he, um, the, the plans that he has for you, I'm telling you, you will tap in to what it really feels like to live out true purpose and fulfillment in your life. And, and so this following Jesus thing is a little bit deeper than some people would like to go. And what happens is those people, they're confused. They don't understand. But I'm so grateful that I'm a part of a church that gets it. I mean, after our... Um, men's breakfast yesterday, we had a bunch of dudes that stayed over and helped paint outside. How many of you are liking the new paint on the outside of the building? I mean, we had guys painting and doing some cleanup stuff. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, folks get it. Serving, serving the local church and expanding the kingdom here in this community, it's, it's part of going all in. And so we've been kind of having this conversation, breaking down the different elements of what it means to go all in with Jesus. We started out talking about the kingdom of God. You gotta kind of have a foundation and our foundation is really the, the, the macro level, the kingdom of God. So we talked about that a few weeks ago and last week we talked about uh, his church. We talked about the fact that this isn't his church here. His church isn't a, a facility. I'm grateful for this facility that we can gather in and talk about him. But you, those of you sitting in the seats, you are the church. And so when you begin to understand that, that when you leave here and you go hang out with your families or whatever you're going to do, the church goes with you. And when you begin to understand that as a follower of Jesus, you live life a little bit more intentionally. You understand what you have inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit and his church resides in each and every one of us. And uh, it was just a fun time unpacking that. Today, I want to talk about, it's a progression here. I, I want to talk about Jesus' message. I, I, I want to talk 
today about what he had to say about who he was and continues to be. So if you have your Bible today, uh, turn to John chapter 14. Maybe you have a smartphone or maybe you've got a big, huge King James one that's all torn up and duct tape. Pull that one out. Or maybe you just want to check out the Bible in the sky. We're going to read the word today from John chapter 14, one through six, as we talk about Jesus's message and how it relates to us as we go all in with him. Verse one of chapter 14, Jesus is speaking and he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Verse four, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, and here it is. This is his message. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, say no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. We're going to talk today about Jesus' message and what we're called to do with it. If you're going to be all in with Jesus, uh, you need to understand his thesis statement. And so what I want to do is I, I want to talk about the three elements of this message the way, the truth, and the life. And, and I, and I want to look at it from a perspective of how we embody that message in our daily lives. Several months ago, we did a series um, where, uh, where we looked at the I am statements that Jesus made about himself. And, and we actually looked at this text and today, I want to take it a step further because in that series, we talked about what he was talking about. Today, I want to talk about how this I am statement literally applies to us and how we can live it out. And so that first one, write this down. Jesus is the way, hyphen, and then right next to that, we're called to show the way. That's the first element here. Because Jesus is the way, we're called to show the way to others. That's what we're called to do. He is the way. We have tapped into the way. And now we show the way to others. In a, in a, in a prior life, uh, I used to be a praise and worship leader. In fact, that's kind of how I got into the ministry. I, to be totally honest, I never really thought I'd be in this type of a role where uh, you know, I'm, I'm delivering sermons, etc. But I just thought I would just lead worship for like the rest of my life. And and uh, how many of you know the Lord had another plan? And I'm, and I'm grateful that I just listened to him in that uh, area of my life. But, but you, know, uh, you know, praise and worship is kind of an important part of a worship gathering. And I have a confession to make. Uh, my number one problem that I had when it came to leading praise and worship, it wasn't that I was nervous or scared or I wasn't confident. The problem that I had and still have is I've, I just have problems memorizing the lyrics, okay? Like, like there's songs, like, like I literally have favorite songs, right? That I, that I decided are my favorite songs like 25 years ago, that when they come on in the car, when my wife and I are doing a road trip, 
and I start singing them, she'll like turn it off and start laughing and say, what, are you, what did you just sing? And I'm like, well, I'm singing this Pearl Jam song or whatever. And, and she's like, that's, that's not the lyric to this song. What's, I'm like, what are you talking about? And she like Googles it. I'm like, oh yeah, so I've been singing that for 25 years. I don't know if there's anyone, anyone else like, yeah. So it's like, yeah, so I do that, like, you know, but, it, but this like, this is, I mean, this is this confessional, okay? This transferred it over into praise and worship. And so like, I would do little, I used, I'd play guitar, kind of like that acoustic right there. I would do things like, like I would take a note card, this is bad. And I'd like scotch tape it to the top so that, and just write the lyrics, just to kind of like trigger lyrics for the, for the songs, you know? So I'm just like, I am a friend of God. You know what I mean? I am, what is it? Friend of God. You know what I mean? Like just whatever, I, I would write on my hands. Like, like, did you tattoo your hands? No, I just wrote the lyric. You know what I mean? Like whatever I could do uh, to like remember these lyrics. And I remember this one time, I was leading worship in California and, uh, and the lyric that, I was, that was part of this worship song that we were singing, the lyric was, Jesus above every name I know. Now, will we agree to, if you're a follower of Jesus, I think we'd all agree that his name is above every other name that, that, that you know, right? For some reason, I was leading the congregation this lyric that was Jesus, no other name I know. Now, so here, I, Jesus, no other name I know. And so I, I got in the car with my wife and she was like, do you really not know anybody else's name outside? <laughs> like, like nobody else. Like, you don't know my name? Like, I mean, you know what I mean? And, and so, and so, and so it's like, no other, and I was, le- I was like literally leading this congregation down the wrong way of the way the song was supposed to be, right? Here, here, here's why I mentioned that. You know what? In your life, it's really important that not only do you know who you're following, but you need to know which way you're going, right? And, and I've learned, I've been following Jesus for a long time now. I've had ups and downs too. But, but what I've learned in this journey is that um, false teachers pop in the room, uh, people who have other ways to the Father tend to show up. I, I remember, you know, uh, climbing Mount Rainier and man, some of the guys that I was with, like they were planning to meet God for the first time on this mountain because that's where God, you know what I mean? So, and I was like, coming with you, but that's not the way to God. There's only one way, and it's Jesus Christ. And so if you're wondering today, which way is it? It's his way. You can rest assured knowing that he is the way, and he's leading you in the right direction. It's so important. So, so he is the way, but it doesn't, just, it doesn't just stop there. He calls us to help guide and lead and show people in the right direction way. You can trust him in that. Let's go back to the text. So John 14. So Jesus answered. He says, I'm the way. That's the first element. The second is this. He says, Jesus, Jesus says, I am the truth. So that's the second thing I want you to write down. Jesus is the truth and we're called to live truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. We're called to show the truth to others. I know I'm just blowing your mind right now. You're like, this is like cell. This is blowing my mind. I, I know I'm not doing that. 
But it's important to understand our role as we go all in with this. Jesus says, I am the truth. Now you show the truth, which is me, to other people. The question is, what does he really mean by that? And I think there's two parts to it. The first part of the meaning of what he's saying here is that Jesus was reminding us that he actually embodies the word of God in flesh. And I can confirm that in John chapter one, verse 14, that says the word, capital W, which is referring to God, the word, we believe in the Holy Trinity here, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all God, three different functions. The word, of, the word became flesh, meaning became Jesus and made his dwelling among us in the flesh. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace, and here it is, and truth. How can Jesus be the word of God? Because he lived out the truth of God's word in every possible way. He, he, how, how is he the truth? It's because he literally lived out the, the purest, perfect depiction and embodied the word of God. But he didn't just stop right there. He understood that you and I are too broken to, 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 to live out the word of God and to be truth for ourselves. So what did he do? He came, lived a perfect life, and then he paid the price. He died for your sin and my sin so that we could now live out the truth that is Jesus with him in filling us and it's shining through each and every one of us today. We are called to live out his truth in our life. We're called to be the standard. <coughs> we are called to live his truth in a way that people can see the difference between truth and a lie. And I want you to know there is a difference. We are called to direct people to the truth and not to the lie. A few years ago, I was hanging out with my mom and um, I was sitting with her and, and we were at a, um, a restaurant in South Florida. And I noticed that she was wearing these while she was reading the menu. Now my mom's, I, she's 65 and um, she knows everything, okay? There's nothing that my mom doesn't know. She knows it all. Now I'm being a little bit facetious, okay? But, but I noticed she was looking at the menu and do, doing one of these numbers, you know what I mean? And um, I said to her mom, you know, when did that, when did you start using reading glasses? I mean, when do you, like, at what age do like, we start using reading glasses? And she looked at me and she said, well, first of all, I have per perfect eyesight. Um, <laughs> I said, oh, okay, all matter of fact, you know? And so I just use these, you don't want my eyes get tired. And uh, you know what? You really, I mean, you don't need reading glasses until you're at least 60 years old. That's just a fact. I mean, that's just the way it is. So you have, you got, you have 38, you got nothing to worry about. And for a couple of years, I'd caught myself like reading and like, my, like doing this number, you know what I mean? And so I was just, I wanted to make sure that I'm good right? Of course, I've never been to an eye doctor before, you know, so I think I'm good, right? And, and I can remember, and I was like, this is not, it's kind of 
a little trickier to read than when I was 17. You know what I mean? And so, but I was like, I just needed to hear that from my mom. I needed to hear the truth. And when she said 60 plus is when you start, I'm good. So a couple of years went, and I was like, and I caught, and I was still like, you doing that whole number, you know? Not too long ago, I was with my dad. And we were at this restaurant. And I noticed when he, and he's 65-ish, you know? And I noticed when he was reading the menu, he had these. And I noticed he was doing this number, right? Read the menu. And I looked at him. Now, mind you, my, I, uh, and, and I said, hey, when did that, when did you start? You, oh, son, I don't know, 30 or so? I, I, things started going south, kind of out of college. And I just kind of, it's always been tricky for me. And man, let me tell you, it is, it saved my life, son. I'm telling you what, I'm like, really, you know? And he said, you know what? I've been looking at you reading the, the menu and you got like a squint thing going. And I said, no, no, no. The truth of the matter is my eyes are totally fine. Uh, mom said so. And he said, I, I don't think your mom's right on that one. And this is what he did. He took his off and he said, put these on. And I was like, no, don't do it. I don't want to know the truth, you know? And, and I remember he handed and I said, and I was like, ah, and I went like this. And it was like, do, 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 do. And I could totally like, it was like, my eyes were like illuminated. And I was like, oh my goodness, you knew this the whole time? He was like, yes, son, your eyes suck. You got to use these now. You're getting old, you know? And we got to laughing. And let me tell you, man, I mean, my notes are in like 16 font right now because I, I, I'm too embarrassed to put these on right now. But I, when I'm reading the menu, I, you'll see me pull these out every once in a while. How does that connect with Jesus, pastor? <laughs> Oftentimes, I meet people, nobody in here, by the way, out there. I, I meet people who are sold a lie and, they, and, they, and they're, they're so convinced about this lie that they've made it, maybe you've heard this, this phrase going around lately in our culture, they've made it their truth, okay? They, they've, they've made a lie their truth and now they've based their, their entire life on this lie. You say, give me an example. Well, uh, I know people that have believed and lived out this lie where they believe that revenge will bring them peace. And so, so anytime they're hurt by somebody and they're all up in arms about it, the way they handle it is the, the very first thought that goes through their head is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slam this dude. You know what I mean? Like, I'm coming after this guy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, and, and so, they, they do life through those lenses where to get back to the peace that I had, I'm going to seek revenge. And let me tell you, that's going to solve my problem. I, I, I've met people who have bought into this lie that if they have sex, they will experience love. And, and so I, I, I'm telling you, I, I can't, I've spent a, 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 a massive chunk of my ministry with this one conversation right here, pastor, I just did what he asked me because I wanted to experience his love toward me. And I've now done this 20 times in my life and I've never, I don't know what love, I just feel dirt and all, and they bought into that lie and they, they've, they've lived in this hamster wheel, man, of, of, of buying into this lie. I know people, of course, nobody in here, that truly have bought into the lie 
that the more money I get, the seventh jet ski I buy, that's when I'll truly experience happiness. And, and they're like, oh, well, maybe, okay, not that. So I need to get the, the timeshare in Las Vegas and oh, not that one. And, and they're like, where's the happiness? I, I, I'm trying, and they do, and they get into this whole vicious cycle of, 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 of buying into these false notions. And they miss, they miss truth. They miss truth. And when I look to the scriptures and when I study the life of Jesus, I'm reminded that he is the truth. And when he gets inside of you, you begin to experience that for yourself. And you begin to live the truth of the word of God in front of other people. And now those people who are experiencing the truth of Jesus that's flowing through you, their lies that they've chewed up and swallowed for 15 years, those lies begin to become exposed. And they begin to understand that they've been living lies their entire life because the truth of Jesus shines so much brighter than any dark element of the lie that the enemy produces. And when you're living out the truth that Jesus calls us to. Maybe that person that believed the revenge that would bring them peace, they, they see the way how you forgive other people in your life because you're a follower of Jesus. They see that when you take, when you've been offended, when you've been hurt by somebody, when you're able to reach out and, and forgive that person, when you experience real peace, they say, what's that all about? Maybe it's that person who, who is, like I said, who's believed this lie that if I, just, if I just sleep with her, I'll experience love. They begin to watch your life because you've decided to keep yourself pure until your marriage day, or, or maybe, maybe you didn't, and now you've changed the way you're living, and you've decided, I'm not gonna live like this again until I'm married. I'm gonna trust, watch this, I'm gonna trust the providence of God. I'm gonna trust uh, my Jesus, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in relationship with Jesus you know what happens when you get in more relationship, deeper relationship with Jesus? You begin to fall in love with him. And when you begin to fall in love with Jesus, he provides a peace that, that calms your, your, your skewed timetable of when you're supposed to meet Prince Charming. You say, Lord, I'm gonna put it in your hands. And what does he do? He provides just at the right time. And that person watches the peace that overcomes you through this process of waiting for that mate. And they go, Maybe this stuff is, maybe this is the truth. When we begin to live out the truth that is inside of you, it begins to seep into other people. And we are called to be the proof of his truth. That's what we're called to be today. Jesus' message was, I am the truth and the truth will set you free. I don't know if you walked into this place and you feel trapped or in bondage, I want you to know, I was, while well, I was listening to a YouTube teaching and they were going back and there is no absolute truth. Oh, Jesus is in the evergreen trees or God's in the evergreen trees and I can find that, all this kind of stuff and everyone's kind of, their heads are spinning all around. And I thought to myself, no, there is an absolute truth and it's Jesus Christ and he is the way to the Father. And I can, I can go to sleep at night and rest on that reality, the truth of who he is. People spend their whole lifetime trying to figure all that out. You can, you can solve it right 
right now, in an instant moment. I'm not saying you're not gonna have questions, right? But if you, if you, if you begin to pursue that, I'm telling you, he will, he will bring a peace in this area for you. Let's go back to the text and then we're gonna wrap with this. So back to verse six, he says, I'm the way, we're called to show the way. He says, I'm the truth, we're called to live out truth so it connects with other people and they begin to experience the truth of Jesus. As the band comes back, the third one, he says, I, I am the life. And that's what I want you to write down. Jesus is the life. That was part of his message. He, said, he says, I am, I am the life. And with that, we're called to give his life to other people. We're called to show it. And I'm reminded, 1 John 5, 11 through 12. You didn't come here today to get my thoughts on my philosophy on da, da, da. No, no, you came to heard God's word and I'm simply regurgitating his word, right? So you can have a nice little outline to, to look over today. But this is what the word says. First John 5, 11 through 12 says this, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and his life is in the evergreen trees. No, no, no. This life is in his son. His son. The life isn't in something else. Okay. And whoever has the son has life. That's pretty matter of fact right there. And I appreciate how matter of fact Jesus was. All throughout the gospels. I remember the, the, remember the rich young ruler. He, he, when the, the rich young ruler approaches Jesus and before he even opens his mouth, Jesus, he, he has like, a, well, he's divine, so he can see right through you. But I mean, it's like, and he sees right to this young man's heart. And he says, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Oh, I'll, I'll do anything you say. He's like, all right, sell all your crap and follow me right now. Let's go. Let's do it. Right? Oh, but I got oh, to go bury my, you know, my, my parents. No, no, the, 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 the dead will bury itself. Let's go. Let's go right now. He was so matter of fact because he had the life. And maybe you're here today and you're struggling with that. And you're like, oh man, I'm feeling dead. I'm telling you, part of experiencing the life that Jesus has for you is you dying to your will and dying to yourself. Paul was very clear when he said, I do that every single day, right? We have to approach him broken. And allow him to fill us with his life. And so he says, this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has a son has life. And here it is. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. And so Jesus gives us this life. And then he says, now go. Don't just keep it for yourself. Give it to somebody else. Give it to somebody else. I am... Um, I was born in the early 80s. I know it doesn't look like that, but uh, I was born in the early 80s and uh, most of my childhood memories were like the 90s. But one of like my, my greatest memories of the 80s was 1989 because that was the year I learned about the Nintendo entertainment system <laughs> and I'm telling you what man I was so pumped about this watch the commercials I didn't know anyone that had one but man I thought to myself man 
someday if the Lord works it out, I'm going to get to play one of those things, you know? And I can remember going to my dad because he was like, son, what are you, you know, what are you, what are you asking Santa for for Christmas, you know? And I'm like, dad, I just got real spiritual. I was like, you know, you've been seeing the Nintendo uh, NES uh, that's come out. It's all over the news. Um, I just, I feel like, I just feel like uh, that's too much for me. I don't, I don't need that. Just an Atari, <laughs> an Atari. That was like the older, crappier one. Um, oh, that'll work great. I mean, I don't know if I'll get it, but I'm just going to believe God, you know. And I'll never forget that Christmas day. <laughs> Christmas day, I opened the thing, and it was, it was the, the, the original Nintendo, man. And I was like speaking in tongues, man. I was crying. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Why would you do this? You're such a good dad. And like my dad's like, oh, you're, you're a good son and all this stuff. And, and, uh, and then I remember my wife, when we first got married, we were going through her stuff. And it just so turned out that in 1989, she, she got one too. And she actually kept it for all these years. And, and I'm like, you want to get rid? She's like, what are you talking about? That's going to be worth, that's going to like pay for our kids' college, man. We got to hold on to that thing, you know? And, and, uh, and I, just, I just thought this, this was so cool. In fact, I opened it in the first, I didn't even open it until the first service. And, and DuckTales is in there right now. And remember you do this. You had to do that and the whole thing, put that in like that. And, and I'm telling you, all, and like all the games, she's got like all the games too. She's got the gold version of uh, Zelda. She's got, uh, this is the one man here, Contra. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, select it. BA, BA, 30 guys right there, boom. And, and <laughs> you, we play that like crazy. But, um, you know, and, and she's, I mean, she, she came from a very wealthy family. And so she had all the accessories. I had the duck hunt gun. Look at this, man. Can't get away with this nowadays. And then you got, a, this was the one here. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. You can't find these on the internet anymore. I'm telling you right now, you want to get a good exercise in? You got to get the power pad, bro. I'm telling you right there. And what you do is you just you lay that down on the ground like that, plug that into that old tube, and, man, you, you get with your boys, you know? And you're just like, and it was like, you're just like, fast you could. But if you're a cheater, you could get down like this and, like, do the right? And so, so the power pad and man, this was like some serious technology here. And, you know, I got to thinking when I was kind of combing through that stuff this week, you know, there, there was part of the entire kind of philosophy of gaming at that time was to, you know, conquer stages and levels and stuff. And the entire kind of premise of the Nintendo games were you were, you were, the, the game would give you lives, right? You, you didn't earn the lives right out of the gate. Like Super Mario, for example, right? Right out of the gate, the game would give you three lives to try to beat these stages. And so you would use your lives to overcome whatever the situation was. I thought that was kind of interesting. But how many of you know that Super Mario, uh, Super Mario had a, a twin brother named Luigi, right? Remember Luigi? Someone in the lobby was like, you should try to do his voice on stage. I'm like, well, how does it go? And he nailed it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to try that. But, um, but what's cool about 
Super Mario, especially the third one, Super Mario Brothers 3, my, my wife reminded me, of course, at Super Mario Brothers 3, Mario could transfer, this is cool, could transfer lives to Luigi if Luigi was getting low on lives. It's just a cool idea, right? And so when they got to the end, when they had to fight Belshazzar, if one of the dudes was down to like a half a life, the other dude could give him one of his so that they could overcome whoever the foe was. And let me tell you, it was always so much easier to beat the game with the other dude with you. I never beat Contra one time by myself. I always needed my cousin. And we needed cheat codes, of course, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> but it was just a cool picture of like, like transferring life to the person next to you. Man, what a cool picture of what it looks like to be all in with Jesus, to be a, a true disciple of Jesus. Like, like Jesus didn't show up here on earth and like say, I'm gonna do all this by myself. Now, could he have? Of course he could have. But he chose 12 dudes to model what it looks like to be his disciple. And how many of you know that on some of those uh, travels and, and some of those crusades, if you will, that Jesus was on, like those dudes were, they had each other's backs. They were giving life to each other. And, and so, so Jesus, just like the game, like the, Jesus, like we didn't earn any, any of these lives. Like Jesus gave his life for you and I. Like the life that he is, he gives to us so freely, we can't earn it. But then he says, now take this and give it to your brother. Give it to your sister. Give it to your coworker so that you can live out what it truly looks like to be all in with me and to move my kingdom forward. You need each other. And I'm not gonna get on that message again, but I'm just saying that's what it looks like when he says, I am the life. Now take this life, transfer it to the next person. And that's what we're called to do. Come on, bow your heads across this auditorium. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.